Andrew Pitkin here on your KNEM KNMO update program. I'm now joined by uh, Landon Adams of Cotty College. And uh, Landon, thanks very much for being on the update program. Yeah, appreciate it, Andrew. Glad to be here. And also, uh, obviously, every college campus is is wondering, okay, how are we how are we going to make this work with um, coronavirus and and so many different concerns? And for you guys, you know, it is a it's a smaller uh, you know enrollment and and smaller staff maybe than other schools, but there's still that that group that's going to be present. So, uh, what are the first couple of things, or what are I should say, what are some of the precautions that you guys are going to be taking uh, this? coming fall yeah well i think you know one of the things that we love is who we are and we are a college that wants to be small we want to be able to provide our students with a very unique um one-on-one type of learning environment so uh, with that it was really important for us to find a way to maintain that culture on campus while also ensuring uh, to the best of our ability a safe environment right so there's nothing that we're ever going to be able to do to eliminate all the risk but we want to take all the steps we can to reduce that as much as possible just like just like anyone out there and so you know, when this process began in, in spring, uh, we we were uh, planning an, an international experience program to Munich, Germany, right, as uh, really this kind of started taking off nationally. And, and because of that, we had to start our preparations earlier than most schools in terms of keeping our thumb on the pulse of what was going on with COVID because it was starting to affect international travel. So because of that, we were in a very fortunate position where we had already formed this task force. We'd already done a lot of our homework on some of those contingency plans. And uh, we made the decision to not go on that international experience. It, it's a good thing that we did. Um, or we may have been stuck in another country for a little bit. But uh, we then made the decision to close for for spring and, and not allow students to return to campus. And then from there, we were able to really start working through really one problem at a time. You know, uh, what what do we need to solve to make things as safe as possible this fall? So um, we started off with some smaller things, right? And, and every department on campus has been affected. But, you know, to, to use campus activities, for instance, okay, how can we have events and maintain and experience, but also do so safely. Okay, so we start looking at reducing capacity. We start looking at exits and entrance points, creating one-way traffic in those facilities. We start looking at what types of events can we do uh, that can provide entertainment for our students, but maintain social distancing. Uh, so, you know, departments started looking at things like that. You know, what are our policies going to be for visitors on campus? What are mask policies going to be? We have instituted mask policies on campus because we feel like that's the single best thing we can do to reduce possible spread. Dining services is another area on campus that um, has worked incredibly hard to identify uh, different different things that they can do to reduce that risk. So we've eliminated uh, buffet-type options, self-serve options, where people are going to be touching the same things. We've increased staffing in those facilities. We've actually uh, invested into a thermal scanner, right? So when students enter this facility, uh, we can actually tell, you know, is there a temperature? And if so, uh, we've, we've developed protocols and procedures to put into place of what happens from there. 
Is that just in the cafeteria or is that in multiple buildings, that thermal thing you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, so uh, we have the thermal scanner in the cafeteria, the, our dining room, um, that will prevent them from entering that space. And all of our students who live on campus will be going into the dining room regularly. Now, in addition to that, we've also partnered with an application called LiveSafe. And it's a really cool app that we're going to utilize for students, faculty, and staff where they're actually going to complete a daily health screening, right? So they're going to wake up every morning, they're going to complete this health screening, and it's going to give them, uh, depending on their response, a green or red screen, right? So if it's a red screen, they're going to have directions, you know, stay stay where you're at. You'll be contacted by our health services department. Um, and then from there, we would determine whether or not, you know, is this something that maybe they met, they didn't answer correctly, or maybe it's a, you know, we'll work with health officials. Is this something that they can continue to go to class uh, despite that answer? Or is it something where we need to have them quarantine for a few days? Or do we need to go ahead and make arrangements to get them a test? Uh, we're very fortunate that we've worked with uh, the Vernon County Health Department and the Nevada Regional Medical Center to identify a testing solution for campus uh, we have great partners there and they would actually we would actually send a nurse to that student's room to administer a test so again preventing the possible spread uh, once they identify that they have symptoms once they answer that on the app they're going to get that screen and that's going to sort of become their ticket for the day that's going to get them into classes it's going to get them into the dining room and uh, again that it's a way that we can make sure that we're creating this culture where if you're not feeling quite right, just stay home for the day, okay? And our faculty, again, have just done a phenomenal job, and they did this in spring, and they're going to do it again in fall, of developing ways that students can stay engaged and involved in classes, even if they get shelved for a couple weeks, you know, even if they need to go into quarantine, or, or maybe a student's opted to stay home for the semester, they can still be involved and get that coursework in. What can students expect coming back to campus uh, this fall that will look a little bit different than most, you know, orientations or returning years? Yeah. Well, we had uh, really put in a lot of work, uh, the orientation committee, in terms of redeveloping our, our orientation a little bit um, for this fall. So we had we had developed a brand new approach to orientation this fall and the way the programming would look like and, you know, educational sessions and those things. We have had to scrap that. Um, <laughs> fortunately, the group has come up with enough creative solutions to preserve a lot of the general concepts of that. So, um in some ways, there will be similarities. We're still going to have orientation leaders. You're still going to be moving into your residence hall. You're still going to have, um, you know, guardians or parents with you on that journey. Um, a difference there is we're going to limit the number of guests. So maybe instead of bringing six people, you've only got two people with you for that move in. You know, you're probably uh, we're going to do a temperature screening before you go into the residence hall. So that's going to be a little different. But overall, that day, we think for students is still going to feel like that exciting first day on campus that you think about when you picture moving into college. Um, on, on Saturday, we will be doing uh, our educational tracks. However, the delivery method is switching. So originally we planned on uh, students sort of rotating through these tracks almost like they were at a conference, while now uh, the, there will be synchronistic virtual sessions happening and the students will just stay in one room uh, with, with a group that is able to maintain social distancing within that classroom. So 
Uh, we're still going to have programming throughout that weekend. We're just not going to have everyone pile into one space at once and it be jam packed. You know, we're going to have multiple viewings of that program of those programs. So, um, again, it's it's really been for us about how can we continue to create that safe environment, but also maintain who we are. And so that's been really important to us. And I know that you've partnered with uh, NRMC. You mentioned that briefly, as well as uh, the Vernon County Health Department. How mm-hmm. important have those two uh, different, you know, the business and organization been for you yeah. all? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think the important thing that that I would want the residents and, and our community in Vernon County to know is that we are so fortunate to have Nevada Regional and Vernon County um, as a part of our community. You know, both of those uh, entities, the health department and the hospital, have just been absolutely critical in helping us navigate the last four to five months and helping us prepare for the next four to five months and more. Um, we're, we're just so fortunate that we've got those relationships. Um, you know, in particular, uh, Tasha Triplett at the health department has been amazing. Um, Holly Bush at at the hospital um, meets with us weekly um, for for multiple hours. And um, I've probably used up all of her cell phone minutes over the last few (laughs) months. But we're we're just so fortunate that that they have taken the time and, and have have felt like we are an important piece of this process for the community. And like we said uh, the other night at, at the city council meeting for us, you know, we're not trying to keep, when we say we're trying to keep our community safe, we're not talking just about Cotty college. We're talking about Nevada. We're talking about Vernon County. We want to do our part to be good partners and, and a good component of that community. And also, I mean, you, you threw out a lot of the technology and things like that. So I think I got to ask you, mm-hmm. what's the most interesting technology um, or procedure that you, you didn't quite know about <laughs> before, but now you know quite a bit about? Wow. Uh, that is, that's a great question. I feel like I have learned so much in the last few months about this different stuff. And in particular, I have to think about testing, um, which maybe is not a technology piece, but the different types of testing uh, I've said on so many different calls and, um, you know, had so many conversations with different groups about different testing options and different testing procedures and the validity of certain tests versus other tests. And, um, I feel like I've, I've had all this information thrown at me. Um, and I've done my best to absorb as much as I can, but, um, you know, another piece of technology that I think is really interesting that we're going to employ on campus is, uh, we've actually found this company that produces air filters, um, you know, that, that actually churns through the air and will, will reduce the, the risk of COVID being in the air supply in that area. And so we're looking at investing in some of those uh, to bring them onto campus and put them in, in higher, higher traffic areas. Um, you know, I've talked about the thermal scanner. You know, we bought every department on campus a non-touch thermometer so that they've got that on hand. Um, we've bought masks and we've bought special masks that lifeguards need in case they do have to perform CPR. Like, you know, so we, we are doing our best to not leave any stone unturned. And, and I feel pretty confident that overall, with all the people on campus who are looking at this and taking this seriously, we've done that. 
And if a student's on campus and they're saying, hey, I'm feeling a little bit sick, what's what's the next steps for that for testing and things like yeah. that? What do you provide? So hopefully what's happening is, is that we're identifying that right off the bat when they start their day with that health assessment. And they're going to get that response that says, stay put. You know, don't walk over to the health center or health services office. Just stay where you're at. And our um, student health office manager, Robin Connor, who has just, again, been incredible throughout this process and getting us prepared uh, for this fall. Uh, she's going to get an automatic no- notification when they respond to that. And NRMC, when they bring personnel to campus on a you know every business day basis, um, we're going to be able to reach out to that student, have the conversations we need to do, and then make assessments about what's our next step in this particular circumstance. And so uh, really the the opportunity that we have because of that relationship within RMC will allow us to be very tailored in our response. Um, so we we're going to trust in the guidance that we receive from health officials, and will that'll allow us to be very flexible in terms of what's the best protocol with this unique situation going on with this particular individual. And so from there, you know, if if we are quarantining or isolating a student, we've set spaces aside for that. We've already made made arrangements for how delivery of meals is going to work. We already have a procedure for how we're going to check in on that student, how we're going to get that student just some things to keep them busy, you know, games, puzzles, movies, whatever it is, uh, because we want to keep them engaged as well. And so for for that testing as well, if NRMC comes by and they say this person needs a test, I think I remember you all saying that you all would cover that at Cotty. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, and that's a that's a big decision that we made because, you know, testing, you know, there's no programs that provide colleges free tests. You know, we're we're having to pay for every test and we've felt like that is an important service that that we need to offer for our students so that they they have the peace of mind of knowing if I come to Cotty, there's not ever going to be a situation where a student is not getting a test because they can't afford it, um, which is unfortunately a reality in a lot of places where people just simply can't afford that test or can't get access. We will be able to provide access. We'll be able to make that at no cost to those students so that we can do that quickly. Um, and it's critical to us because we don't want to take away from what's going to be a really exciting year. You know, we're opening a new esports arena, stock trading lab in the fall. Uh, we're going to be breaking ground on our new student center and the chapel project uh, very soon. Uh, we're launching flag football this spring. Like there's just so many things we want to be excited about. And we want our students to have the peace of mind to be able to focus on those things. Well, Landon, that sounds great. Is there anything else you'd like to add as we wrap up? No, I, I just think, you know, this year talking about orientation one of the decisions we had to make was to cancel that community picnic and partner fair and that was one of the harder decisions that we made throughout this process because we are we're so thankful for the local support that we have uh, from area businesses churches organizations um, and we just appreciate all those volunteer opportunities and internships that those organizations provide um, and we're just so thankful that many of them will, will put those Welcome to Cotty posters in their businesses. I, I don't think that they even realize how important that is to our students to come here from literally all over the world and see those signs and businesses to know that they're welcome. Uh, we're just so thankful for the support, and we're, we're glad to be able to be a part of this community. Landon, thanks so much. Thank you, Andrew. 
That is Landon Adams. He's with Cotty College, and he is the Vice President for Student Life over at Cotty College on your update program.